0: It's time for the VolQuest Podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week.
1: Good Tuesday, everybody. Alongside Eric Kane and Matt Ray, I'm Austin Price. Brent Hubs will join us in just a few moments. But welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast, brought brought to you by our friends at Exterior Home Solutions. Need roofing, siding needs? They can take care of just about anything. That's exterior home solutions. Eric Kane is still in Omaha, Nebraska, where Tennessee picked up a six-four win over Stanford, eliminating the Cardinal, and now they're on to a do-or-die win- game tonight. Can they extend it into another day, Eric Kane?
0: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, again, it's um, you know this team. It's 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 built to to kind of come out of the losers bracket. and Of course, you you don't want to be in that situation. You don't. You don't want to have your backs up against the wall and everything, but uh, now that now now that you are, you have the arms and you have the guys that, that can kind of get you through. Um, at the time of this recording, of course, you know the game's going on right now. But you take a team like LSU, for instance. You know LSU's got Paul Skeens, and he is incredible. Uh, but that, that's about all they really have. You know they have Floyd, uh, solid number two. But once you get into Thatcher, Hurd, and so on and so forth, there's not a whole lot of confidence there. Whereas when you look at Tennessee, of course you have Andrew Lindsey, you have Chase Dolander, you got Drew Beam going tonight. I uh, got that guy right there, and, and uh, you know uh, uh, Chase Burns and Seth Halverson and Cannon Sewell and AJ Russell, and the list goes on and on and on. So Tennessee is positioned really well uh, here, kind of coming out of the losers bracket, and it was on full display uh, there on, on Monday afternoon. Chase Dolander didn't get his best, obviously, but Chase Burns comes in and, and is just completely dominant. You know, writing his names in the Tennessee record books and. Of course, that four-run fifth inning and you know, big hit there from Christian Moore and Jared Dickey was along for the ride there as well. So um, it was a really, really nice, impressive win for Tennessee, battling back down 4 nothing elimination just like you were the week before at Southern Miss. Uh, but you got the win, you, you advance on, you, you move on, and you feel really good and confident with Drew Beam on the bump coming up tonight.
1: Beam got the lone win over LSU in the series down in Baton Rouge earlier this season, they pitched really, really well. Tennessee's bats were alive and well in that game against LSU's number three. Um, if, if they end up playing in LSU, and again, as you pointed out, you know, this, you know, when we recorded this, the game was still ongoing. I do think that it's the best case scenario for Tennessee because LSU, not as deep as a pitching staff, as you pointed out as Wake Forest, either way, Tennessee's going to need beam later tonight to have another long performance, in my opinion, because if you're going to come out of this losers bracket, you still got to hold up well for the following two games, where you're going to have to win back-to-back games against the team that's come out of the winners bracket. Um, if you can, if you can get to that point, I think Beam's got to give them six to seven uh, coming up tonight, and we'll see after that what they do.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you look at LSU uh, again, just using them as an example. You know, Skeens is incredible, but their team ERA it's like you know in in the in the fours there and that's not horrible but that's you know 40th in the country whereas you know, Tennessee's got you know top 5 team era and so again position well but uh, you're exactly right um you are in the losers bracket meaning you have to play more games and you know you win you stay alive you keep advancing uh you play the next day you play the next day and so um what Chase Burns is able to do on on Monday uh just incredible of course his stuff was electric and He's given this team such a lift. It's so funny too because it was a demotion, right? I mean, he was he was getting beat up in, in the starting role in SEC play, and then you demote him to the bullpen, and he's one of the most electric arms in all the country in this role. And, and he saved Tennessee, going on you know six plus innings, uh, you know not allowing a run, only two hits, and that allowed Tennessee to win that game, obviously. But you didn't have to bring back Seth Halverson, bring back uh, you know Cannon Sewell or anybody else. So those guys. You know, can be there to to pick Beam up tonight, but as you pointed out, you love best case scenario for Beam to go. You know, six innings, seven innings, and again help them for the next day. So you're going to need good Drew Beam, and he's been arguably one of Tennessee's best pitchers here in the last month. Um, You know, there's been a lot of people saying that uh, you know Beam. It was the it was the Charlotte coach at the end of the um, or the Southern Miss coach, excuse me, at the end of that Super Regional, saying that you know Drew Beam might have. Better stuff than Chase Dolan or Andrew Lindsey, and those guys are pretty good as well. So you need you need Drew Beam tonight. You need QB one. That whole mantra, you know, backs up against the wall, and I think that's where this team thrives the most. And uh, certainly, they showed it on Monday afternoon. Tennessee's
1: been known for the long ball for the last several years, um, especially with Lindsey Nelson being such a hitter-friendly part for home runs. But they won that game yesterday playing small balls. You know, I mean, singling them to death, singling them to death. I mean, the rally that got it tied at four was just single, 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 shortened swings and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, kind of basically, you know, zeroing in on the off-speed stuff and hammering it. And, and, and Tennessee kind of made some adjustments at the plate, started to find their groove a little bit. Do we expect that to, to continue on uh, against whoever they play?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's obviously a, a way. You know, this team continues to prove that they can win games in so many different ways. And it, it was our group chat Monday afternoon. And, you know, Grant Ramey said, I just love the fact that this team that's hit a billion home runs the last two years, you know, tally 12 hits, 11 singles in a win in the College World Series. And it just goes to show you, again, just the growth and development of this team. You go and look at that fifth inning, you're exactly right. You know, Zane Denton leads off with a single. You got a strikeout from uh, – from Scott and then Stark singles to left field. Great from the bomb of the order right there. Ahuna, uh Maui singles, to left field that bases are loaded. Insley gets that fly ball and it's just deep enough with that guy with the cannon uh, in left field. Obviously you already saw that on display uh, earlier in the game, uh, but, but, you know, just single, single, single sack fly. And then you get uh, the big two run, you know, Dickey has a single and then Moore has the big two run single. And so, uh, yeah, they're just proven that they can win games in different ways. And, you know, liking the approach. I thought Tennessee yeah, – I thought Quinn Matthews, of course, he threw 156 pitches last week. He was out there in, you know, game two with a five-run lead, you know, 150-plus pitches. It was a little bit ridiculous at that point. But I just thought he looked tired. You know, Tennessee was hitting around a little bit there in the first inning, first couple innings, and uh, then yeah, they got it, to it, him.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they – you, you're exactly right. Tennessee had multiple base runners – on on base the first couple of innings, and he was able to kind of escape, you know. Uh, but I mean, you look at I me mean, when he got knock, knocked out of the game, got pulled out of the game. He had basically given up nine hits and, and less than five innings of work. I mean, mm-hmm. like they they were. I mean, but they might not have been like you know home runs, but they were putting the bat on the or the ball in the barrel, and and, and really, you know, I, I thought you know, I guess probably one of their better team hitting performances without having to go yard all season long, I thought. I mean, and it was just a string of, you know, hits over and over and over again, and they were hard hit balls.
0: Yeah, they were, and I mean, I'd have to go look this up, and I am I feel safe in saying, you know, those 11 singles or whatever it was, I mean, that's easily the most they've had in a single game this year. Um, and then you just look at the lineup card, the box score after the game, and, and you see Maui's got three hits. That That's great to see. I thought – um, for as much as he strikes out but i thought he has really put together some solid at bats through two games of the world series you know insley's been great he didn't have a hit on monday but um he had that big sack fly three hits from jared dickey two hits from blake burke you know moving up to the sixth ball which was big two hits again from zane denton who's been so clutch and so yeah you know up and down that order you know tennessee really was just getting good at bat you know get a good barrel on ball and you know, sending it up the middle, sending it the other way, and, and that's good. It's it's so hard to count out the Tennessee baseball team because um, down, down by four runs at Southern Miss in game two, brink of elimination, comeback. Same situation here in this game. And even against LSU, uh, they're late in that contest when you finally got Paul Skeens out of the ball game. You brought the tying run to the plate, and, and Tennessee was right there. So... That's why Tennessee is so dangerous. Um, it, It's never really one guy playing hero in that lineup. It's just kind of like who wants to be the hero that day. And then you couple that with all the arms, and that's why Tennessee is in Omaha. and That's why Tennessee is one of the most dangerous teams despite already having a loss. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, they, they really are. I mean, they are built if, – if a team was built to come out of the loser's bracket, mm-hmm. it is Tennessee. I mean, like, you know, I, and Stanford's a team that came out of the loser's bracket multiple times. I mean, they had faced elimination – I think five times this postseason, and and was five, and were they were five and zero going into yesterday's game before they were eliminated. Tennessee at worst now finishes sixth or fifth, depending on you know I guess who loses first. Mm -hmm. Um, Either way, this is a Tennessee baseball team that I think still has a little bit left in it. Again, I think the game later tonight's a game that is it's very winnable for Tennessee. At the same time, it's getting past the team that comes out of the winner's bracket and has to be beaten twice to make that championship series. That's gonna be the real, the real tough point.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Any way you want to spin it's why you know Brent said it countless times, so have I. I think it's why just getting to Omaha is so tough. But I mean winning the whole thing, it's just it's incredible. You know, regional setup to where if you lose a game, it's really hard to win that regional. And that's what Tennessee's playing in right now. It's it's a it's a mini regional. And uh there's some great teams that tennessee's paired with right i mean lsu stanford you just got done playing wake forest might be the best team in the country and it's going to be a challenge Uh, again it's it's about who has the most arms who can give you the most flexibility and who can give you options and tennessee has that um but drew beam as you pointed out he's got to give you a great start tonight um would love it love it if he can go six seven innings you're in the ball game right there because again you have everybody available and that's great. But if you do win, you got to do the same thing tomorrow and then the same thing the next day. And, you know, that's just to, to get out of, you know, get out of this little regional play into the championship series. So it's going to be tough and wake forest, you know, again, that game's going on, you know, right now, wake forest is so good. They're, they're great. The lineup, but the difference in wake forest and LSU and wake forest and Stanford, wake forest has some arms too. So they are positioned a little bit like Tennessee is as well. Therefore, if you play in LSU i think it's a huge win for the university of tennessee and you know this team's hungry too this team's excited they're riding some momentum right now and, and you know deservedly so you're in omaha you're feeling good about yourselves um, you knew when you lost on saturday what it would take uh, to come back and stay alive and they did that on monday and so they're going to be amped up they're ready to roll and, and we'll see what we have tonight but uh the the win the win yesterday snapped a six game losing streak in omaha that they did it all the way back to 2001 and um, you know Chase Burns again, the first reliever to throw six plus innings uh, in a College World Series game. You know without allowing a run since 1997. Uh, just incredible. Um, those you know strikeouts that he had. I think let's see. I don't have it pulled up. I think it was nine. nine yeah, uh, tied for the most in a College World Series game with Todd Helton. Uh, again, I mean we're seeing. I mean we're seeing elite performances right now, and this is stuff. If you're a Tennessee baseball fan, you're going to talk about for a long, long time, and so I'm glad they won a game. I think they can win tonight for sure, and uh, I'll see what happens. It's Beamer on the
1: Bump later tonight, and it's caner in Omaha with uh, all the coverage at BallQuest.com. Let's take a break. Let's hear from our good friends at Exterior Home Solutions, and when we come back, we'll switch gears. Matt Ray will finally get engaged in this broadcast, <laughs> and we'll talk recruiting on
2: the other side. Your roof, it's the most important protection against nature for your home. Or your business. That's why I trust the experts at Exterior Home Solutions.
0: A big thanks, as always, to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions, for allowing us to uh, do this every single Tuesday and Thursday at ballquest.com. Uh, we welcome Brent Hubs and uh, we, w- we welcome Brent Hubs into the podcast. Matt Ray is going to talk in this portion of the podcast. we got a full crew now <laughs> Eric Kane and, and Austin Price. Guys, let's go well, ahead and start. First, uh, with,
2: with- first of all, it's it's not Matt's fault he didn't get to talk. It's not my fault. I'm late. I'm out here in Jed Clampett Green Acres land. Apparently, the rain has uh, created Wi-Fi issues out here in Corrington. So that the that's. Rain. That, that's <laughs> Petticoat Junction, or whatever we're doing here, that's prevented the Wi-Fi from working today. Matt, is your is, is your mic working? Are they going to let you talk now?
3: Yeah, my mic's work. My mic's working. I didn't talk, but I did enough thinking for the both of us, so <laughs> we're good. We're good to go in that
1: second. <laughs> well, well, Matt will agree, and and just I'm not this this for the ball question is the thing I pick on Eric. This is a pick on Eric. What, there's a real shot that they vote to end the filibuster after Kane's last like four-minute retort at the end of segment one. So, like, you know, it, 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 he, he filibustered
0: pretty hard there. Had a goal in mind, man. We're waiting on our leader. I was trying to <laughs> stall a little bit and talking good.
2: talking We're Tennessee good. baseball. I Here can do going? it.
0: All right. Hey, let's talk about Boo Carter. Tennessee gets a commitment, uh, you know, star in-state athlete. Been after him for a long, long time. Safety nickelback, but he can play a little bit all over. But uh, he jumps in the boat, makes his announcements – Uh, To Tennessee on Saturday nights, AP, a one that Tennessee needed to have. And and finally, he jumps in.
1: Yeah. And and a big get. Um, You know, Boo is one that's a catalyst uh, for other recruits. Not doesn't mean that everybody's going to go, oh, Boo's there. Oh, and I'm just going to fall in line. That's not how it works. But other kids gravitate towards him. Again, his name is Boo. And there's a certain cachet, certain swag that he carries himself with. And I think kids are like, Ooh, this kid's name is boo. This is awesome. And like, and then like, they see kind of like how he, how he maneuvers and operates and stuff and, and kids love it. And, you know, so I think that, you know, he has an impact, you know, again, it doesn't mean kids are just going to just fall in line and commit because boo did. But at the same time, there are, there is a, a certain magnetism about him with other players, um, that, that gets him interested in Tennessee. And so he'll be here this weekend for an OV, Matt, and having him around Mike Matthews, having him around Amari Jefferson, having him around all the other players that are in town, I think it's a big deal.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but, you know, Mike Matthews and Boo Carter, they go way back um, to the AAU basketball scene when they were coming up, a little bit of competitive friendship, if you will. Um, they kind of decided they were geared – The same way and you know that sparked a friendship. And I I just think Boo Carter is that guy that's not afraid to say, Hey, what are you waiting on? Come to Tennessee. Uh, and I I think that's something this class needs. And he's the guy that's gonna do that. He's he's so well known because he's traveled, he's played seven on seven with, with everybody, he talks to everybody, he has a good time. Um, you know, like AP said his name's Boo. Um so everybody knows him and then he's not hurting in the real name department either boo is the nickname or is the first name so i mean he he's got you know the, two of the best names that you could have um out there but uh, just a guy that i think can do a lot of different things for tennessee in the secondary and, and i think a lot of it comes down to what he can do in a short area uh, you put him in a box as a nickel cornerback or a safety um you know within those short areas he does so much and he, he's just really tough. There was a camp about this time last year where I think everybody thought he was going to come up and just play offense strictly. He did play some offense, but he played defense, and he absolutely just shut guys down all camp long. So, um, you know, that kind of led to Tennessee pursuing him on the defensive side of the football. But, you know, for Tennessee, it's a big win to get Boo Carter in the class. His, his quote to you,
1: you know, as you called me and said, you know, there's a lot of guys that say that, you know, uh, you know, school X is getting a dog. He yeah. had a breed of dog.
3: He had a breed of dog. Yeah.
1: I mean, he, he, that's, that, I mean, that means he's thought about it. You know, yeah. I mean, like, that means to me, like, again, like he and, he, and I think it's a good, I guess, good comparison because he does play with a competitiveness that is just intense. And Rockwilders yeah. and are intense.
0: Matt, Matt, you were talking about, you know, Bukhar being a guy that says, hey, what are you doing? Let's go. Come to Tennessee. Like, you know, what are you waiting on? Edwin Spillman, you know, could be on the receiving end of that text message or that phone call. Well, the it was,
1: was from the forty forty club. He Facetime from the forty forty club. He
3: Facetime.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, you know, plans are already in motion. Edwin Spillman back on campus this week. Uh, Matt, how did it go? And, and how much closer is Tennessee before he finally makes a decision?
3: Yeah. You know. I mean, I think Edwin Spillman's continued to to take. Th- Take things in stride in his recruitment. But again, Tennessee's been in this thing for the long haul. And, you know, what we've said for a little while, it, it just, it's hard to envision Edwin Spillman somewhere other than Tennessee. Um, I think he continues to, to connect really well with these guys. And you know, I think we see him, you know, make a decision sometime after everything wraps up here in June, probably early July. Um, and it's still, again, Anything can happen in recruiting, but it's hard to see Edwin Spillman somewhere other than Tennessee.
2: Austin, you and I talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Um, I think he's a little bit caught up in the fact that he believes everybody assumes he's going to Tennessee. How much is that slowing things down? How much is that a concern to Tennessee? Do they have to recruit him differently? But because he's got a little bit of that mindset, he clearly likes Ohio State, right? Now, he's got all the variables that make the most sense to Tennessee. But, but there, there's, he's always had an, a bit of an affinity for Ohio State, going back to before he ever really started getting recruited. How much does Tennessee have to make sure that Edwin Spillman is being recruited as Edwin Spillman and not one of the Spillman brothers?
1: I think that's the, you know, I think that's the biggest hangup here. I've said that. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if you're Josh Heupel, like you don't like it when everybody just assumes you're going to run back to home Oklahoma, if that job comes open. So, I mean, like, you know, I mean, Edwin Spillman doesn't just like it that everybody just assumes he's going to Tennessee because older brother Nathan's there. And so, you know, I think, you know, you got to recruit Edwin for Edwin. I think Tennessee's done that. I think he and Brian Sean Marie are really, really tight. Um, I think we're nearing the end of this thing and, uh, you know, I think Matt's right. I think this is a, you know, he's going to pray about it. He's going to go and go on a little bit of a trip with some buddies. And after that, I think he'll be ready to announce. All
0: right, guys. So it was Saturday morning. I was at McGee Tyson airport waiting on my 10 can that was 12, 13 rows to take me to Chicago to get on my connector and, you know, over here to Omaha, I'm waiting on this flight to come in from Chicago seeing everybody get off the off the uh, plane and, and in in a six foot six, 333 pounder wearing Chicago bears stuff. It was obviously Darnell Wright makes a whole lot of sense because his new home is Chicago coming in this weekend for whatever, but also spent some time with a Tennessee target in Daniel Calhoun. Um, Daniel Calhoun AP this weekend. How did Tennessee fare there and how much of an influence was having Darnell Wright on campus?
1: Well, I think Tennessee did a really nice job. um, You know, having you know you know some former players in town um, but Darnell Wright was one of them and um, you know for you know Daniel Calhoun being able to talk to a guy who got drafted in the top 10 is a big deal and I thought Tennessee showed really well with Daniel Calhoun this weekend and you know uh, I think Georgia and Alabama were ahead of the balls before this past weekend I would no longer say that's the case again right now like I, I'm kind of, you know, I feel like Tennessee's in a pretty good spot there, leaving the weekend. But, you know, going to go to Texas this weekend. They're a team you have to watch out for. Um, the question is, is are they okay, you know, going that far away from home? Or would he rather stay in this part of the country to play in the league? He's going to be playing in the league regardless because Texas is coming into it. But, you know, I'm really interested to kind of see how what his thoughts are leaving that Texas visit with one visit to go.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel like maybe maybe I'm wrong here, Matt and, and Austin. Jump in there. You guys know this better than me. I mean, I don't want to say the Texas visit's a wasted visit because he's been there before. But I, I mean, this feels like it's Georgia, Alabama, and and Tennessee kind of as the three as the three to me. Am I am I wrong in feeling that way? That that's that's my that's kind of my takeaway. Maybe it's because he's been to those three places so many times compared to some of the others. Well, I mean,
1: I I don't think you can discount Texas. I I think
2: that the distance
1: plays a factor. The question is, is how much of a factor does it play? And so, um, you know, I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't think it's just a token visit. I think Texas has a legitimate shot. Are they behind the other teams? I do believe that's the case. But, you know, I said Tennessee was behind Georgia and Alabama before last weekend, and, you know, they they've made a push here and so you know again like the biggest thing for calhoun is is like you know i mean i know he's you know on our you know we have him listed as an interior offensive lineman i think that's what he is i mean i think he's a mauler guard you know could he play right tackle maybe you know um but i i think he is just a specimen especially once he gets in a nutrition program and a weight program i mean he's you know 350 plus pounds and and once he trims off some of that baby fat and gets in a real weight program, I think will look even better.
3: Well, I think we've kind of touched on it a couple of times. Like, why does Daniel Calhoun, you know, keep coming back to, to Tennessee's campus? And, and the more you you talk to people and the more you get to learn a little bit about Daniel Calhoun and his family, um, they're pretty diligent in the process. They're They're really – they're really taking this thing in stride. Alabama and Georgia have been a really good spot as we've alluded to for a while. Tennessee made a good push this weekend, but I, I'm right there with Austin. I, I think you know you can't discount Texas in this one. Are they behind? Yeah, they're 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 behind going into the weekend, um, but just like you know Tennessee, they're going to get their shot, um, and we'll see where things are for Daniel Calhoun. I do think, Eric, back to your first point, that it was a pretty smart play by Tennessee to connect him with Darnell Wright because Mm -hmm. there's some similarities there, two highly ranked guys that are physical specimens, uh, but both needed, you know, when Darnell got here, needed to get in a little bit better shape, had some things to clean up. He'll be the first guy to tell you that. Daniel Calhoun will be the first guy to tell you that he needs to trim up. He needs to get in a little bit better shape. So I think, you know, to not only be able to connect with a guy that was just a top 10 pick, but also a guy that, Already has gone through what you are self aware that you're going to go through when you get to a college program is you know a good a good talking point during the weekend.
0: Matt, let's stay with you, man. Can't uh, can't mention one without the other when talking about the defensive line. Williams, Winery, five star, number two or number one rated defensive player per on three in the class, and of course Camarian Franklin. Both those guys on campus, both those guys spending time with Rodney Garner. How did they fare?
3: Um, I'll defer to AP for Cam Frangle because I didn't talk to him, but uh, did talk to Williams wanary and you know he's he's a tough read. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, to say the least. Uh, to, to say the least, he's a tough read, um, you know. But still, kind of feels like you know, where things were. Tennessee had a good weekend with Williams wanary I think he had productive conversations with Mike Eckler and the Tennessee coach and staff. He really liked what they, you know, broke down for him from a football standpoint. The interesting thing to me with Williams Waneri in talking to him was it was there was, you know, what was your favorite parts of the trip? What did you enjoy? None of it was the flashy stuff, none of it was the photo shoot, hanging out in Neyland Stadium. Like, hey, what did you enjoy? I enjoyed seeing how Tennessee could use me. Yeah, he, he liked that they talked to him about the Leo position, the fact that he could play interior in certain situations, the fact that he can do so many different things for this defense. I think that um, is something that stood out to him. And I don't, know if, I don't know where his conversations have been during other visits, but I think Tennessee really did well on, on the football side of things this weekend with him. Um, now I asked him a couple of different times when I talked to him, you know, do you really think this thing's going to September he seemed pretty adamant that it would. Uh, he really wants to take that trip to Oregon. Now, does that get moved up? You know, possibly. Does does he need to see Oregon again to make a decision? Once things go dead in July, how does he, you know, kind of work through everything there? I still think there's a chance he could decide before September, but I've told AP this. I've talked to other folks that feel the same way. If it goes to September with williams area I think all bets are off. Um, if he decides in July, I think Tennessee has a really good chance.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't dispute that. I will say this one area, as Matt said, is a, is a tough a tough read. like I, I think he's the kind of guy that you know is gonna have the same expression when on his wedding day, when his first kid's born. like I mean like I mean' he, 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 he's never, never gonna I mean like he have the time of his life, you're never gonna know it. you're never going to read it. Um, as far as Cam Franklin, a little more smiles, but those guys are similar personality-wise, which is why, you know, when Larry killed Matt, he liked hanging out with Cam Franklin, you know. Um, very similar personalities, kind of low-key, reserved. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee did well with Cam Franklin this weekend. Again, when does he do something? He's talking about going to Auburn in September for a visit. The, the longer this plays out, to me, the uh, the – you know, it's harder to maintain momentum. Like right? right now, I think Tennessee has the momentum with camp. But what does that momentum look like in late July, in late August, in mid September? And, you know, um, you know, I think that's kind of one of those things where, you know, I think Ole Miss is a factor. I think Miami's a factor. And I think Auburn's a factor. I think those are the four teams. And, you know, Ole Miss is going to take a swing because of the in state school right down the road. Miami is Miami. And, Auburn is Auburn. And so, um, you know, I think it's one of those things that, as Matt said with Williams, like, you know, Cam canceled that LSU visit. You know, to me that's interesting. You know, was that Cam canceling the visit or was that LSU saying this thing's going to go a while. We're better to shoot our shot in season than shoot it right now. That's my real question. And that's one question I'm going to see if I can figure out over the next couple of days was, was this a Cam decision or an LSU decision? Because if it's a Cam decision, then I think that's a really good sign for the balls.
3: Well, and then, you know, we talk about Daniel Calhoun, and it's like we've talked about him, and it's like he keeps coming back to Tennessee. He keeps coming back to Tennessee. For me, with Cam Franklin, Miami's that dark horse. He keeps yeah. he keeps getting back down to Miami slowly. It's like, why is it? He doesn't feel like a Miami kid. Um, but I think they're in it more so than people think. And, and because of that, I think this – could go on a little longer, like AP said. Now, if it's Cam on the LSU visit, I think that's very interesting.
0: Brent, uh, a couple weeks ago in Nashville at the uh, On 3 NIL event series, uh, AP had a chance to catch up with Caleb Beasley, longtime commit for Tennessee, and he talked about how he and Jake Merklinger, uh, both those guys were on campus this past weekend, but he talked about how those two guys were kind of the leaders in the group, right? But then you had Caleb Beasley going over here and going on this visit and signing up for this visit and all that, but... This weekend, he said, hey, I'm done. This is home. This is it. And he shut down his recruitment. How big uh, is that for Tennessee, for Caleb Beasley, and for this class to kind of move forward?
2: Well, I, I think we all felt like Caleb Beasley was going to end up at Tennessee, um, yeah. even if he took other visits. I think the bigger thing, though, at Austin, was if he's going to be a guy who carries some weight when-
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree, Hover. I I know where you're going there. Like, if if you carry weight and you are one that is saying, I want to be the face of the defensive side, how much does it kind of look like, I don't know about that for other recruits, if you're out visiting Oklahoma and visiting Notre Dame, cancel the Oklahoma visit, says he's not going to take the visit to Notre Dame anymore, and I know what they're saying over at the Notre Dame site, that, you know, they'll keep swinging and blah, 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 the, again, the kid grew up a Vol fan. The dad is a big Vol fan. Like, like part of this is just the process of him, you know, you know fielding phone calls and stuff. I've never viewed anybody as a real threat with Caleb Beasley because I think Caleb Beasley wants to be an orange. Everybody around him wants him an orange, and I think he'll be an orange.
2: Yeah, but to answer your question, Eric, I think it's big because now when he calls and texts other kids and starts talking about Tennessee – there's none of this discussion. Well, why are you taking a visit elsewhere if you're all about Tennessee? Uh, So I think this gives him a chance to be a better peer recruiter for Tennessee along with Boo Carter, uh, you know, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. But in state, you know, I mean, it's going to carry more weight with Edward Spillman now from Caleb Beasley because if Caleb Beasley is truly locked in and, and completely done, then you're he's truly recruiting you to Tennessee. So I, I do think that it's it's a big deal uh, for Tennessee, but because he is shutting it down, and I think that gives his voice uh, a lot more pull with other recruits, or at least a lot more influence with other recruits.
3: In, in my opinion, I think Caleb Beasley's heard for months, dating back to January, February, not you know, not really long after he committed there, that he's the top defensive back target on the board for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's been the guy that's. Continued to prioritize him. He, I mean, you know, by a the school there at Lipscomb um, as he could be. They continue to work him really hard. So I think on the peer recruiting side of things, you know, not that Tennessee's going head to head with Notre Dame necessarily for a lot of people, but I think for him, when he shuts it down and he says, "Hey, you know, look, I've been told for months, you know, I'm I was the top defensive back target for for Notre Dame. There's all the opportunity in the world there to play for." a defensive-minded head coach, but I don't want to stay here. I want to play for Tennessee. I think it just carries that much more weight.
0: Obviously, only a, a limited amount of time on the podcast. we can talked recruiting for a lot longer, but uh, AP, Matt, any of the other highlights, uh, things from this weekend that are worth mentioning right now? And then, obviously, a big-time weekend coming up, even a bigger group to wrap up official visits for the month of June.
1: Well, the Tennessee leaves the weekend in, in a great spot for – Braylon Staley, a wide receiver from Aiken, South Carolina. They leave this the weekend in a great spot for Jordan Burns, linebacker from Pace down in Atlanta. Um, this weekend, they'll host linebacker Tylen Singleton, who comes to town. Um, I, I really I just, I like where Tennessee's at there. Like, I mean, I know a few national people, you know, still love LSU, but I, I you know, I really kind of like where Tennessee's at entering the weekend. Um, and, and Matt, you know, all eyes are going to be on Mike Matthews and Amari Jefferson, the two wide receivers. And then, does Bennett Warren make it in? Tennessee's got to find an offensive tackle. That's a point of contention for me. If the offensive line, or especially the offensive tackle recruiting, has just not been great, and they've got to find some tackle bodies. And and right now, the 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 numbers are dwindling, and they've got to figure out who it is. Is it Bennett Warren? I guess we'll find out if he makes it in this weekend. If Tennessee can do anything there.
3: Yeah, I think Bennett Warren. You, you have to try to find a way to get him here this weekend. It, he's he's important right now. Um, I know he's not a name that's been thrown up a lot, um, but he's important. Uh, Mike Matthews and Amari Jefferson. Yeah, they're going to get. You know, they're going to be the talk of the weekend. Um, you know, I think you look elsewhere. William Satterwhite and Ronan O'Connell bo- are both here. Tennessee's yep. trying to continue to show well, in both of those recruitments, um, you know, right up there. Uh, trying to close those out and coming out of the month of June. Uh, Quintavius Johnson set to be here, a guy that Tennessee seems to like a pretty good bit on the defensive line um, as they're going to continue to try to show well there. Clemson recently entered the mix. George is still a factor there. So another big-time battle. But I, I, It's another massive, massive weekend for Tennessee on the recruiting front.
1: And Braylon Russell, the That's big true. back from Arkansas, Rolls to town this weekend. He's coming off that Arkansas visit. You know, they're trying to get him back in the boat. He was once committed to the hogs. The fact that he's still coming on that visit tells me Tennessee's tells got a real shot to be the team that uh, Braylon Russell picks on July 14th, which is his birthday, which is the day he will pull the trigger. But, uh, you know, again, you already have Peyton Lewis. You see him right there in this class. They would love to add a big back like Braylon Russell, who's got some Twitch to him in this class. And, uh, I mean, the VaultQuest.com podcast after dark, Eric Kane's already got the lights changed down there. I mean, this, this this is this is some
2: neat stuff. Hey, uh,
0: I think somebody I, forgot to pay the power bill here at the Holiday Inn Express. The lights just went off.
2: Hey, let me ask – I know we're running out of time here, but since I got on late and I haven't had a chance to talk, I do want to ask a couple of questions here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt and, and Austin, the, the Johnson kid, I mean – where you're looking at where Tennessee is at on the defensive line. I know we're I know we're talking about, you know, Kamari and Franklin. I know we're talking about Williams. Uh, but but some of these other guys are, are coming off the board, right? Like how how much more important is a guy like Johnson this weekend than he was three or four weeks ago in terms of Tennessee's defensive line recruiting, Matt?
3: Yeah, I think you hit it right there. Some of these other guys are coming off the board. Amaris Williams was supposed to be here this weekend, committed to Florida during that visit last weekend. Um, you know, so I think, again, Quintavius Johnson is that much more important this weekend. Um, you know, as Tennessee continues to work through the cycle there, he's a guy that, you know, he, he's been kind of quiet there at Mays High School. Most of the kids that come out of Mays High School are, are pretty quiet, not very active on social media. You know, don't you know, really get into the, to the visit hype and, and talk a lot after visits. But I mean, look at the, look at the measurables there, Six five two fifty five. 255. Um, he, he moves and does some things well. It kind of reminds me of a Tyree Weathersby at this stage. You, know, you can see the motor, you can see the potential. Um, you know, there's need for refinement, um, but there's plenty of room to grow and the ceiling's really high. So I think this is an important visit for him this weekend and an important you know, opportunity for Tennessee to continue to show well with him.
0: Huge last couple weekends here for Tennessee in terms of recruiting as they try to wrap up the, uh, this class of 2024, at least these official visits. Of course, you know it'll go on until uh, signing day in December, and you can find it all, all the coverage over at com. Nobody does it better than Austin Price and Matt Ray uh for our friends over at exterior home solutions a big thank you for allowing us to do this coverage it's presented always by exterior home Solutions. that's the bulk west podcast and mailbag podcast and you can give them a free call today for an estimate at 865-524-5888 865-524-5888 or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com we will continue the coverage for as long as tennessee is here in omaha know that Drew Bean's is going to get the ball tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time, and another win-or-go-home game. Tennessee's, uh, in my opinion, Tennessee is very much positioned a lot better than some other teams in these types of uh, games, as they've already proven it a couple times this postseason. We'll have all that coverage over at VolQuest.com. For Brent Hubbs, Awesome Price, Matt Ray, I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for listening to us here on a Tuesday morning.
2: You've been listening to the Quest Podcast every week here on Quest.